the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, January the 26th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 26, 2020, the U.S. consulate in the Chinese city of Wuhan, the epicenter of the coronavirus epidemic, is said it would evacuate its personnel and some private citizens aboard a charter flight. Five cases of this new coronavirus were now confirmed in the United States. The first in Seattle area, as you know, five cases now confirmed in the United States today in 2020. That included new cases in California and Arizona. All involved people had traveled to Wuhan. And the rest is history, as they say. Here we are today, still being told to wear masks and not wear masks. Being told we got to get all these shots, and then we're told the shots don't really keep you from getting it, but it gives you a lighter case and some. There's a lot of confusion. We all know that, and it keeps rolling on. Today in 1861, Louisiana passed an ordinance of cessation, becoming the sixth state to break free from the United States. Today in 1915, President Woodrow Wilson signed the Rocky Mountain National Park Act, That created America's 10th National Park. Today, in 1992, Democrat presidential candidate Bill Clinton, appearing with his wife, Hillary, were on CBS, 60 Minutes. Yes, he acknowledged, I have caused pain in my marriage with my many affairs. But he said that's past problems. That's not relevant to this presidential campaign. Interestingly enough, that was today in 1992. Today, in 1998, President Bill Clinton forcefully denied to television and the world, denied having an affair with a former White House intern. He told reporters with a crooked finger pointed at the camera, as you may recall, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Well, he did, (laughs) and everybody knows it now. Today in 2020, NBA legend Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter and seven others, they were some friends of hers and their family. They were killed in that horrible helicopter crash, plunged into a steep hillside in the dense fog on a Sunday morning in Southern California. I understand they had just gone to church and... uh, Kobe, very wealthy, of course, uh, used a helicopter to fly around L.A. I can't tell you how many times in the past when we lived there, I have sat on a freeway thinking, boy, it'd be great to have a helicopter. I never had one, but I had a Pontiac. Anyway, um, they had just gone to church and um, they were flying, I think, to a basketball game or something that his daughter was involved with. 
a horrible, horrible story, crashed into the hillside near Malibu, I believe, and uh, in the fog and so on. That was today in 2020. Ten years ago today, the Pentagon outlined a plan for slowing the growth of military spending. That means defunding the military, including cutting the size of the Army and Marine Corps and retiring the older planes and trimming war costs. Barack Obama had very little respect for our military. In fact, it was generally known by the people close to him that he disdained the military in general. That was without doubt a result of his philosophy. As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. We act on what we believe. We act on what we think in our hearts, what we believe. We live in some very unusual times. There's a story out there that came out into the Christian media, and then now it's beyond the Christian media and some other news sources. It was kind of another day, another sitcom. Yeah, a sitcom on CBS is mocking Christians, slandering God again. I don't watch those sitcoms. In the first place, I find them almost, I mean, they're insane. I, I can't believe people watch them, and maybe some of you do it. I'm sorry if you think they're great, but those sitcoms on television are so irrelevant to anything. I mean, I don't know. It's probably me. Apparently, people watch them or they wouldn't be on. They weren't getting some kind of ratings. But anyway, this thing, um, another CBS sitcom has come out and just blasting God and, and Christianity and, and so on. You know, the family, remember when, I, I, I'm over 40, and I, I remember some of the old programs, uh, Christianity, the traditional nuclear family, um, they weren't attacked by those. I know I'm sounding older, but leave it to Beaver and the rifleman, and I mean, he carried a gun, and he was a good guy, and all that kind of thing. That from those days, I was, oh, I was just a, a baby. In the, <laughs> but to now, look how television and entertainment has gone from entertaining to indoctrinating. And I don't think I have to make the point. I mean, we all know that. Now, 50, 60 years later, from those days and those kinds of programs, we find it, it isn't isolated, but this is the latest thing that's come to the surface. CBS has rolled out this same well-worn themes. This particular one, I, I wasn't aware of it, to be honest with you. I guess it's been on a couple of years on CBS, but it's called Bob Hearts, you know, like Bob Loves. This uh, Abishola, I think that's how you pronounce her name. That's the name of the sitcom, and, and Abishola is the, the, the woman in the in the sitcom it's a comedy about a white detroit business owner his name is bob wheeler and he's kind of a bumbling guy but he's a business guy and he falls in love with this abishola who is a nigerian born uh, hospital nurse and that's what the story apparently is built around i've never seen it but i'm i'm looking at what other people are reporting about it so this particular 
episode was very recent, within the last week or two. But in this one episode, this young female comes out as a lesbian, of course. So the Nigerian family calls in their pastor, and it's made to look on the set, on the this TV show, like kind of like an exorcism for this young woman. And the pastor says on this episode, CBS sitcom, we rebuke the demon of gayness. This is the Nigerian family's pastor. And the Nigerian family, all the relatives of this woman who is a nurse whom this bumbling white guy has fallen in love with in the hospital or whatever, they're all standing around but it's made to look like they're getting ready to do an exorcism. The pastor continues in this episode, we rebuke the demon of gayness. The pastor says the Nigerian relatives surround her. The pastor continues, your child has strayed. Oh God, please give her the strength to find her way back to you. Then the pastor is interrupted by a very skeptical, this Abishola, who is the, main co-main character in the sitcom. So this Abishola interrupts the pastor and insists that the pastor is twisting scripture about homosexuality. She says, Leviticus says pork is forbidden. She pushes back on the pastor and accuses him of twisting scripture for praying that someone will come out of homosexuality. She said, have we not, this is a quote from her to the pastor. She said, Leviticus says pork is forbidden. Then she says, have we not all enjoyed the sins of Baconator? Well, you know, you can fill in the blanks on the rest of it, but man, as Peter LaBarbera, he's, the head of Americans for Truth. He says that scene follows the standing talking points of homosexual activists. He deals with this all the time. He said they're always mocking the Bible, but he said they quote it when they can find scriptures that they think supports their point of view. He said there's a standard gay activist Bible trick that they've been using now for the last number of decades. He said well over three decades, in fact. He said they're conflating the moral law with Old Testament dietary restrictions and it's preposterous. The Christian Post also wrote an article on this recently about this episode. And the episodes, they said the episode's lesbian theme can be traced directly to a series. Uh, the co-creator and the writer is Gina Yashur. She's a native Nigerian and she is predictably an, a lesbian activist. So this American so-called entertainment has handed off the industry that's supposed to entertain people to the activists, whether it's abortion activists, particularly the homosexual, the LGBTQ, blah, 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 whatever, that group. And so that's where we are today. You turn on your television in your family room or whatever, and that's what you get today, for the most part, on television. She told the person who uh, directs this and writes the script, she said, 
because I'm gay, she told uh, television, some interviews show last year, because I'm gay and my family is Nigerian, I know what it's like. She said homosexuals and lesbians can be arrested for publicly showing affection in Nigeria. And it's a backward country where homosexuality is illegal and many are tossed out of their homes for coming out. And she's so grateful to be able to do what she does in America. Yeah, I'll bet she is. That's the interesting part of it all because they have this kind of freedom to do that. The atheists have the freedom to deny God, mock God, challenge God on every front because our freedom is real freedom in America. And yet they are the ones that are trashing the culture and bringing down the culture and destroying the freedoms and the prosperity that we have in this nation. I'm not talking just about the LGBTQ, but I'm talking about all of the activists who are contrary to the founding principles of this of this country. Because we were founded on Christian biblical principles, because of that, they have their freedoms. Because God is not a respecter of persons, and this nation has not been. We are a good people. We are not racist systemically. We are a good people who have made mistakes, but have tried to follow the word of God and the teaching of God's word. And our founding fathers, imperfect as they were, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They were sinners, just like the rest of us. But they understood that it is God's word, God's truth, God's laws, God's principles that are enduring. And now all these other people are these activist groups. It doesn't matter what they are, from Black Lives Matter to whatever. All of these guys are cashing in on the freedoms that are given by this while they're mocking the very source of the freedoms that they're enjoying and even bragging about. That bothers me, maybe more than it should, but it does. I'll tell you, how maybe these people need to take a, a, a world tour of some kind, and I don't mean on a cruise ship or a private jet. Maybe they need to take a look at some of the other countries around the world, and maybe they could get a, a better view of America. This truly is a place that God has blessed. I believe we're standing at the threshold of perhaps losing that blessing. But God has blessed our nation and has given so many, so much freedom and liberty. Because America was founded on the basis of liberty and freedom for all. And they don't seem to get that. It's like killing the goose that lays the golden egg. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane how people try to dis deconstruct this country and the only reason they're allowed to do so and say what they say and publish their books and make their millions and all that is because of the very principles they're attacking and trying to make us into, I don't know, whatever, Liberia or whatever. Oh, it bothers me. Psalm 27 begins with this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, <laughs> they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me in this, I will be confident. One thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, upon a rock. The hill is a widely read, so-called kind of a moderate news organization. I don't like the word moderate because I don't think anybody's moderate. They really do believe what they believe. But anyway, they're kind of considered kind of a moderate. They're not like CNN and a bunch of those guys that are way out there on the left. But the hill is pretty widely read. It's a pretty big organization. They're predicting that it's very likely they're not conservative. So keep that in mind. Predicting that it's very likely that the coming elections, 2022 this year in November, midterm, and 2024, the next presidential election, will be an Armageddon experience for America. Now, these guys don't throw words around like, again, like some that are always just getting, they'll say anything to get somebody to click on their website or whatever. One thing seems certain. Everybody believes things are changing dramatically. Armageddon, you know, I don't know, that's a strong word, but it is definitely a time of uncertainty and chaos in our country. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 says, The sons of Issachar, Issachar were, quote, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. I think, likewise, Christians and conservatives have got to understand our times if they're going to have any idea what to do. We live in a time of chaos where people are just running and shoving and pushing. It's like it's like a hysteria. If you stop someone, if you can stop them for a moment and ask them, why do you believe what you believe or how do you feel about it? They don't know. Or why are you doing this? What are you picketing today? Why are you burning these cars in the street? Why are you breaking glass in downtown Portland or Seattle or wherever? I don't know. I'm angry because of injustice, social injustice or whatever. Many times these people, especially younger adults, they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. They're just caught up in this crowd mania. I think that's what the Hill is talking about, and they think that's going to bleed over even into the elections, even this year, the midterm, but particularly in 2024. There's no question that these are uncertain times in our country. In their story, let me I, I want to just share a bit of it, how they ease into this, because it gives you not only the information they're saying, but it, it gives you the feeling of where the media is today. And again, these are not far left, way out there kind of people, but they're not conservative. But how, here's how they begin. In 1964, Barry Goldwater was fond of saying he gave voters a choice, not an echo. Goldwater's campaign theme was a reference to those Me Too Republicans who accepted the New Deal and even expanded it. A decade before, Dwight Eisenhower undertook a massive enlargement 
of the federal government by creating a Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, founding the modern interstate highway system and infrastructure investment unmatched until the Biden administration. I would disagree with that because Biden wants the money, but only 8% of the trillion dollars or $2 trillion or whatever it is, only 8% of that actually goes to infrastructure. They're not acknowledging that, the Hill. That's why I say they're not really conservative. But anyway, until the Biden administration, expanding Social Security, interesting, uh, increasing the minimum wage, making a significant federal investment in education, after the Soviet Union's successful 1957 launch of Sputnik, Goldwater derided Eisenhower's domestic agenda as a dime store New Deal. His contrast to Lyndon Johnson's Great Society was stark, and he lost in a landslide. They go on to explain how that the pendulum of politics swings back and forth, and it kind of does. I mean, there's a truth in that. I've watched it over my lifetime. I've always been a, a very close observer as a pastor and in the ministry of politics, because politics are important, especially in America. Uh, because it's we the people, and it's supposed to be, and um, it matters, much more so than in some countries where they just have a sham deal where everybody goes, sure, sure, you go ahead and vote, put it in this barrel, and yeah, we'll report tomorrow you know, that I won. But America's not been like that, and we aren't yet. We're vulnerable, but we're not there. But the Democrats recalibrated by offering the same things that the Republicans had, or appearing to do so. So that's kind of the point of what they do, that when one political party gets in, kind of into power, the other one tends to want to mimic or echo what they're doing to appear to be like them. And they say, the Hill says, both parties do that. So that's kind of the essence of their story. But it can, they continue to define this pendulum effect on American uh, politics which has held true over the years. And so that's why the basis of what they're predicting, that these are going to be very, very troublesome years. They're calling them Armageddon years. One thing that they have noticed is that we live in a time of, of people being unsure, uncertain, a time of uncertainty. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes today about people of certainty in our world today. In an uncertain world, people of certainty are only those who hold a biblical worldview. I don't mean that in an elitist way. I don't mean that. Jesus Christ bled and died for every single person that lives or has ever lived or will live on this earth, uh, in this age. There is an age coming when we will be past the redemptive aspect of God's plan. But I think many of you, hopefully all of you, agree with that. But now, Jesus died for every single person, every sinner, and that's every one of us. So I'm talking about reality, not some kind of elitism. Christianity, without that basis or that rock, as the psalmist said a few moments ago in what I read, without that, life becomes uncertainty, uncertain. You will end up living a life of uncertainty and fear. You'll be tossed 
by every wave and wind that blows through your life. The Bible tells us we are to understand the times in which we're living. First Chronicles 12.31 says the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. God's people are called to be people of certainty. Not in the sense of being godlike or knowing all things. When someone starts sounding like that or saying that, get away from them. But understanding the times through an understanding of God's word. Ultimately, understanding that God is in control. The Bible tells us to make plans. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8, it says, The noble man devises noble plans. And by noble plans or great plans, he stands. Proverbs 16, 9 says the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We make plans, counting on God to direct us. So God's people are people of certainty who make plans, counting on God to direct those plans. That's important because we need a focus that is beyond the problems of the moment. The person who doesn't have a focus, who doesn't have, quote, a plan, or a purpose, and that is found in godliness, in Christianity, in serving the Lord. But the person who does not have that becomes completely focused on themselves and on whatever it is that they're worried about. There was an editorial piece in the Wall Street Journal on January 4, 2006. I kept this for a different reason, but I pulled it up and I looked at it, and it says exactly what I remembered that it said. 16 years ago, this commentator, Mark Stein, you've probably seen him, he's been on Fox more in recent years, he noted that we in America have created a whole intellectual class of worriers. He said one way societies choose to fail or succeed is by, he's not, he doesn't claim to be a Christian. One, one, one way societies choose to fail or succeed is by choosing what to worry about. The Western world has delivered more wealth and more comfort to more of its citizens than any other civilization in history. And in return, he said, we've developed a great cult of worrying. You know the classics of the genre. In, in 1968, in his best-selling book, I'm quoting Stein here, who's now quoting this Paul Ehrlich is the guy that actually wrote that book. It was called The Population Bomb. I remember it well. But anyway, he's talking about him. And he said in the book, he says, in the 1970s, the world will undergo famines, hundreds of millions of people going to starve to death. Uh, In 1972, in their landmark study, The Limits to Growth, the Club of Rome announced that the world is going to run out of gold by 1981, of mercury by 1985, tin by 1987, zinc by 1990, petroleum by 1992, and copper, lead, and gas by 1993. None of those things happen. And the same people are telling you the same thing today. The Ocasio-Cortez, who didn't exist back in those days, is now saying we have 12 more years or whatever till the earth burns up and all of this kind of thing. There's all of this intrusion on someone's peace of mind and their lies. They're just simply lies. They're not true. And they're usually put forward to advance an agenda not to bring about the common good, as they say it is. So there's all these reasons that we have to worry and to be overcome. The next election is going to be in Armageddon. Well, so what? God is in control. God is in control. 
Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth which is after godliness, he wrote, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. That is whom we trust. That is the basis of our life. I wish I had more time today to talk more about this, but we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.